0: Come on, doesn't really need an introduction. Liverpool superstar, football icon, commentator. Now, today, we are talking to him about the Super League. Uh, We're talking about whether it is truly over in the long term. Could this come back? And about how football can be reclaimed for the fans. Now, if you want to support us on the podcast, do support us on patreon.com forward slash owenjones84 or the supporter function... Uh, allows us to do documentaries, like an upcoming one on Hartley Uh Do leave us a review, uh, five stars if you're so feeling generous. And with that, here's Jamie Carragher. So Jamie, thank you so much for joining us. Massive honour. So if there was a revolution against the Super League, you were one of the tribunes. So is the is the Super League dead, or is this something that it comes around every ten years or so? that this will just come back? And if so, what's the plan? (laughs) Well, you know what? I think it will come back
1: in some guys. I think it'll be a long time before anyone mentions the Super League at all. But I think what it tells us is the big clubs are unhappy about something. And I think what it also tells us we've been very unhappy with them and the power of the people is more important and powerful than, you know, the than the man in power, shall we say, of these six clubs. But they were obviously unhappy about something, whether to do more with Europe and the Champions League. And I don't think this will fully go away in terms of this is never going to happen again. And also, the game should keep moving forward. It could should keep evolving. The Premier League evolved from the, the old First Division. The Champions League evolved from the old European Cup. And I think they, they've both been good for football. I must say that. Uh, and football can never stand still like anything. It's got to keep moving forward. But this was just a step too far. But I'm sure in years to come, there'll be another step forward in another direction. But it's got to take the whole game with it. It can't just be about looking after six clubs or 12 clubs or whatever. The Super League is going to be involved. how many. It's got to be about moving the whole game forward. And if that enhances the big clubs, obviously you want money trickling down to teams below that. So it's got to, it's got to help the whole game, not just individuals.
0: When you heard it, as you know, an English footballing icon, when you heard it, how did you feel? Your own club obviously involved. And what do you think? How do you explain the visceral reaction that we saw with fans? And why didn't they kind of see that coming?
1: It, 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 I'm, I'm trying to fathom that out, why they didn't see that coming. Because whatever you say about pl- people who have got this much wealth, more often than not, to gain that wealth, they're pretty canny and maybe cunning businessmen in one way or another. And uh, to not see this coming and to be so far wrong with the feelings of supporters up and down this country. And I know we will say they're not from this country, a lot of them, a lot of American owners. They, they live in a world that and a bubble that we don't live in in terms of the uh, revenue streams that they have and the wealth that they have. But uh, my own owners have been at the club for 10 years. They've made similar mistakes, not on this uh, level before, but... They've made similar mistakes in terms of trying to take Liverpool fans for granted, in terms of taking more money off them, and they've been shot down straight away. So how they thought they could get away with this is just beyond belief. It really is. But I must say the actual reaction and and how I felt when I first heard the news, I I, I was a little bit emotional. Well, I, I wouldn't say I was emotional. I would say I was feeling emotional inside when I was just watching the uh, the stories and the teams dropping out one by one yesterday, it was like, it just gave me a massive lift. And, you know, I I can't explain it really, because that feeling yesterday was something that you you very rarely get in football, even when you were a player. Even when I won as a player, that still annoyed Everton fans or United fans, or when they won, it annoyed me. And even in the job I do now, punditry, you can never keep everyone happy. And even if you give opinion, it splits. Splits people maybe down the middle. I've never seen anything or can remember anything in my lifetime in football that brought so many people together. I, you know, supporters, players, managers, pundits, TV stations. It almost felt like the six six owners of those clubs were on their own against the the rest of the football family in this country. And uh, it was it was very powerful and really uh, nice to be you know part of and really proud of it at the end of it of, of you know the part we'd all played in it.
0: So part of the rationale is that young people are watching less football at the moment, but isn't that to do with ticket prices and subscription prices just pricing out younger fans? But equally, how do you end that cycle? Because in terms of agents' fees and so on, that those, those high ticket prices and subscription fees are, are fueling those, you know, the, the wages and, and the commissions and so on in football. So that's like a vicious circle. And the other thing is, this, when you talk about you know the, the the big teams not being happy, it's that tension, isn't it, between the, what the owners want, which is a business, and what the fans want. How do you how's that resolvable?
1: Well, well, I said this on on Monday Night Football on Skype, and I, I was determined to say it because. Yeah. Are we hypocrites? I mean, me and Gary Neville, hypocrites. You know, we're getting paid well by Sky. They have subscription fees. We've earned lots of money out of Sky as players because at the end of the day, the wages these players get comes from the media, comes from TV. And the money that Sky generates from, uh, you know, the man on the street, then gets pumped back into the clubs. And that's where, you know, the huge revenue streams come from. And that's where, or basically that's how the Premier League is this just monster really not just in terms of this country, but around the world. It's seen as like, you know, the league in terms of broadcasting and the revenue. And that's where this Super League comes from. These foreign clubs cannot accept that maybe even mid-sized clubs in the Premier League are as rich as them or could buy a player on the same level them because of the success of the Premier League. And that's where it comes from. So I'll go back to my own position. I said that on, on the Monday Night Football. We can't forget that there was a breakaway league in this country. In 1992, from the old first division to the Premier League. But what I could say is that that was actually given the green light by the Football League, by the FA at the time. So what we saw in these last few days was just unbelievable. They thought they could just do things on their own and just forget about everybody. And there's a lot of people maybe rightly criticizing that move uh, 25 years ago, subscription fees for Sky, BT, Amazon uh, at the moment, Amazon Prime or Amazon Sport at the moment as well. So when I come on and I speak about these things, maybe people do think I'm a hypocrite. I'm okay taking the money off Sky or taking the money off off a player, but I do think this was different. But I do think there are legitimate uh, concerns from supporters about certain sections of supporters being, you know, priced out of football. Now there's a always a big. Uh, demonstration you're in you're out that i fully support in that 20s plenty for away supporters where I, that that's something that i can't get my head around why 20 pound for every away supporter who's having to maybe spend 40 50 quid to actually get to this stadium and get home and food before this ticket price i don't understand that at all really because the revenue you bring in on a match day you're banking on your home supporters not not the away fans what they're going to bring so that is something I'm really passionate about, the the 20s plenty uh, situation. But listen, I work for Sky. I get paid very handsomely from Sky. So, you know, if I start saying, yes, I agree with this and I agree with that, I'm, I'm a hypocrite, aren't I? I? I mean, and, you know, football was on TV, terrestrial TV in terms of, it still is on Match of the Day, but you go back to years gone by of uh, the big match that was ITV, you had Match of the Day. There's very little live football, you know, let's yeah. be honest about that. And what we see now is a completely different world in terms of what we see football in our country. And I think Sky, and I'm not going to uh, be a i am I love Sky. I work for them. But in terms of what I watch and the amount of football I can watch, that is like night and day from when I was a kid. And yes, there is a price to pay that. And, you know, some people don't like that and some people can't afford that. And, you know, I, I, can, I can get their anger on that.
0: The reason you're not a hypocrite, as as the expression goes, blame, you don't blame the player, you blame the game. And that's the way the system, I and mean, that's what I want to ask you about. I mean, football came out of working class communities, teams formed by railway men, by people who worked in armaments, factories, of course. And in the 50s, football players were paid nothing. I mean, they were paid about the average manual wage in this country, and they lived in tied housing. I mean, it was ridiculous. And then in the 90s and the noughties, ticket prices obviously went up by 600%, seven times more than... Uh, the price of other things um, and you know you've got the Premier League and so on so I suppose you know is there kind of you know that that point about the system is is it possible to change football when that's how the rest of society has increasingly gone in that direction it's about profit it's about making money so having these high expectations of football do you think it's possible for football to change given the the way the country's gone in the last 30 years four years
1: no, no, I agree. i when you talk about those numbers, how how high they are now. It's just it's mind boggling, isn't it? I think you just mentioned six, seven hundred percent. But you're right. That's that's the way we live in, in terms of not just football. It's everything, isn't it? You know the way the way the world is now. Uh, whether you, you look at sort of your politics, political parties as well, and you know that's it's difficult to say, Reid. I can't just say, and I don't like saying that. It, that's life you've got to get on with it. Because no, you shouldn't just get on with things. I think what we've proven in the last few days in in terms of football is people didn't accept just that's life, get on with it. That's, you know, the Super League's going to happen get on with it. We didn't. We didn't get on with it and we stopped something. And... Again, when I think that many people come together over a subject, and I'm sure there'll be others in the future, not just to do with football. That's why I'm talking about politically when people have marches, maybe on uh, the government or, or down on the street and different things. I mean, how many U-turns have the, have the government made in the last 12 months? <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. And that, a lot of that was to do with, I think, maybe social media and the power of the people. And I think what we've learned, certainly, in these last 12, 18 months, going through this pandemic as well, is is, is how much power we have when we're all together. I really do believe that. And that's why I was really confident on Monday evening, going to bed after the show, that this would be stopped. I could feel that the, the feeling of people and where it was going to go. And we were talking on the show about mobilising people. But you see that in, in different walks of life, in uh, you know, in things people aren't happy about. And I think, just as I mentioned before, the onto U-turns that governments have made, uh, I think it just shows that... I think maybe in the past, we, we always felt no one listened. But I I, I, I do think social media plays a big part in this now i really do i think certain things in the past we wouldn't have been able to stop i just think the feeling now of social media it's so powerful at times it can be not the best place in the world to be but i think if you use social media in the right way it can be an awfully powerful tool and it is a powerful tool whether you like it or not it's a powerful tool and if you use it the right way it can it can be a major part in implementing change
0: Last couple of things. Um, Germany, no German team joined. Germany has this model of 50 plus one. What do you think? Is that the way forward?
1: Yes, I think it is. But I, I was asked about that today. And and you know what? I don't know enough about it. And I think a lot of us need to read up exactly what this is all about. You know, because we talk about this, uh, you know, a fan on the board or a, a group of fans. And, and it sounds great. But who picks the fan? fans have different opinions themselves over every single subject so you know you know i'm not saying it shouldn't happen but i don't think it's as easy as people just say you know put a group of people on the board or have a fan on the board and and the club have to go through a support it every time they do something really because you know sometimes things you know decisions have to be made that completely split a fan base you know, that, that, that's football, that's business. These, these things happen. I think what was different about this one was that this united everybody together against an idea. And you think if a fan was involved or a group of people at every club, I think they would have seen this coming a lot more than owners did. But I think that's something that we've got to investigate. I would love it to happen. But I think we need to look at it a lot more and actually know the sort of intricacies of exactly how it works in the Bundesliga and could that be transferred to this country? Because if it can Perfect, brilliant. But I just have a few slight reservations with, you know, what fan, what group of fans, you know, could a group of fans actually disagree with something, you know, as well. But I think the fact that we need support is kept in the loop. And this has happened a lot with statements that have come out from all the big clubs now about we need to listen to you and all this. Now, listen, I'm not daft. They, they've just got someone to write that for them. And they're just trying to, you know, buy a bit of time or buy a bit of sympathy really on the way back. But, uh, but no, I think if that is going to happen or there's going to be other changes in football, I think we've got to strike by the iron's hot because right now uh, these people are flailing. And uh, I think we could get a bit more out of it if we possibly uh, pushed as much as we could.
0: And finally, just it's just based on what you just said before, really. But, you know, you said it was six owners against the football fans of the people of this country. And it was a case of people power versus money and money lost. Let's be honest, that does not happen all that often and hasn't happened nearly enough what would you say to a lot of people football fans who they're chuffed about this you know this is a big win but their lives are tough in other ways housing maybe the gig economy uh you know maybe you know whether it be private renters whether it be young people at the moment getting screwed over and they see that you know these big moneyed people lost this time what would you say to them they feel a bit helpless their lives are tough they're hard they see these big powerful interests groups what kind of lessons do you think they can learn from this I
1: I just think I said it on the on the Monday night it's the power of the people I think is is more powerful now than it's ever been I really do believe that and how you're just mentioning how people felt in in a situation that's a lot worse than what we saw basically on Sunday night in terms of you know a group of football clubs trying to create a super league you're talking about people's lives and you know putting food on the table and can they pay the rent at the end of the month that's a lot more serious than what we were but I was in a position on Monday where I was actually feeling resigned to the fact that this was happening I couldn't see any way back we, we were speaking to people in football we are speaking to people at the Premier League people at Sky Sports we were obviously producing a show and it, it, it looked like there was no way out of it and then slowly the momentum built you could feel the energy in the show Jürgen Klopp spoke the Leeds players spoke James Milner spoke and before you know by the end of the show you're thinking this isn't happening and then the next day it was just like a snowball effect so when you talk about people feeling resigned to that i I totally get that and understand it because it's not easy especially what we've gone through the last 12 months especially what we're going through for god knows how long now with a tory government so i get that but i think if there's any lesson anyone can take from what we've seen in the last couple of days is the power of the people is stronger than the power of one man or a group of people and uh if people do feel resigned hopefully you know, There's people around who can lift them, can energise them because I think if we if we can get together, we can fight things and overturn more things in the future.
0: Amen. Cheers, Jamie. I really appreciate that.
1: Okay. Thanks, Owen. Thanks for having me. Cheers.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, do support us on patreon.com forward slash owingjones84. Help us decide who we talk to, what we talk about, the documentaries we do. Uh, And also on the supporter function, uh, which you can see in the description. And leave us five stars and a review. It just helps other people listen. Uh, And with that, thank you so much. Speak soon.
1: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.